What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode on our series of podcasts on infant baptism. This is episode 11, um, called For You and Your Children. I'm Pastor Stuart Amadon, um, pastor of Christ Church Appaloosas. With me, as always, is Pastor Brandon Neely, lead pastor of all of Christ Church. Where are we going today, Pastor B? Well, I am glad to be here, and we are hey, going are. to be look at, looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Okay. This is a key passage in both the um, Pado baptist and the Credo-Baptist position. This is a key passage. And I'm going to um, not only mention it, we've mentioned this passage in many of our podcasts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we're going to really do a deep dive. Ooh, a deep dive. All right. All right. We're going all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> so that we can um, understand what the hearers on the day of Pentecost would have understood Peter to mean. Okay. okay. So this is not just a grammatical study, this is a historical grammatical study. Ooh. See, it's very important that we study not only the grammar, but the history. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you're going to be putting modern debates into the Bible. Eisegesis. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So we can begin by reading it if you... Uh, if you'd like to do that for us. Yeah, Acts 2, starting in... 38. 38. 38 and 39, hold on. While you're looking it up, I'll remind everyone that the purpose of these podcasts is to present the arguments from Scripture so that you, the Berean, can receive them eagerly and examine them for yourselves. This is um, not peer pressure. This is not um, any other fallacious... um, Argument, we are not pressuring. Fallacious. It's not a fallacy. No pressuring, no threatening, no personal attacks, no uh, obfuscation or equivocation. (laughs) Yeah, those are... (laughs) You got all the big words. Good words, good words. This is just uh, laying it out there. We report, you decide. (laughs) All right. You found it? Acts 2, 38 and 39. Here we go. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. All right. Very important passage in this discussion. And we see here right out of the gate that he makes a he makes a covenantal formula. He sp- speaks a covenantal formula, and that's a, a phrase that people can remember. It's for you and your children. This is something that's quoted in all the covenants. Mm-hmm. And we you talked see, about that several episodes back. Yep. That's right. See the podcast entitled "Covenantal Succession." Every covenant has a succession plan, mm-hmm. and the Bible's covenants always say that the succession plan flows through you, through your generations. It was that way for Adam, Abraham, Moses, David, children of Israel, mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. of Israel, house of Judah, and it's true in the new covenant as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we'll go all the way back to the beginning of mankind, because um, this is really a plan of salvation for humanity, and it begins with Adam. Mm-hmm. And so God's covenant begins with Adam. It's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and it's the offspring of the woman, Mm -hmm. Jesus, would come, and he would destroy the serpent. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it would extend out throughout human history as a war, a war between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Mm -hmm. Yep. And of course, seed is another way of saying offspring. Right, right. The dragon and the woman would uh, war, as is depicted in uh, the book of Revelation. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, 
And anyone who believes in the, quote, offspring of the woman, the Messiah, mm-hmm. would be saved. It's always been salvation by grace through faith. Before circumcision, before Moses, before Abraham, all the way in the beginning, when God promised to them that the offspring of the woman would come, they believed his promise, mm-hmm. they received it by faith, mm-hmm. and they were saved. Right? Amen. So, very, very important. Now, as it continues on in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, the covenant is then amplified and confirmed with Abraham. The offspring of the woman would be the offspring of Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, the offspring of the woman followed the lineage of Seth, as right. most people know. Right. It went through Shem to, uh, or went through Noah to Shem, um, eventually to a Shemite named Abraham. Mm-hmm. And the promise was made to Abraham, and that that his offspring would be a blessing to all the nations, mm-hmm. that the Messiah would come from his ranks, he mm-hmm. would receive the land, which was a type of the earth. Right, right. And of course, Abraham's offspring are the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we continue on in the Old Testament. We're turning pages here. We're going from Genesis to Exodus now. Okay. And right out of the gate in the book of Exodus, we see the offspring of the woman, a.k.a. the offspring of Abraham, a.k.a. the house of Israel. Right. We see them in slavery. Mm-hmm. That was prophesied, of course, to Abraham. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and engages to free them from slavery. Right. The basis of his freeing them was his promise that he made to Abraham. Okay. See, because the promise to Abraham went to the children of Abraham, even when they were in bondage, even when they were in idolatry. Right. And he he called them out of Israel, out of Egypt, and he gave them their constitution. Okay. He gave them the Mosaic Covenant. Okay. It yep. was an amplification. It was a um, um, an addition. Mm-hmm. Extra information is given. Now we know that the Messiah is to be a tabernacle. Okay. He would tabernacle with his people, set his tent up right in their midst. Right. He would be a lamb, a Passover lamb. He would pay the price of blood. He would be the avenger of blood and free them with an outstretched arm with might and power. Okay. We learn quite a bit more about this coming offspring and the promises when we get to the book of Exodus. Okay. But all the law that was given in Exodus, the covenant that was made with Moses, it was all based in grace. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. everyone that yep. received those promises in Moses, they didn't all go to heaven. Many of them died in evil unbelief in the wilderness. Right. And they went to hell. Right. The promises were theirs. They received the sign of that promise, which right. was circumcision in those days. Right. But they didn't have faith. They didn't meet the terms of the covenant. Right. Right, And uh, if you want to understand more about the terms of the covenant, listen to our podcast called Baptism as a Seal. Mm, mm-hmm. We are given um, the promises, but we must believe. That's the right. terms of the covenant. Right. All right. Now, this covenant, this same, and we're going to stop our historical journey here in a second and finally get to Peter. We're almost there. <laughs> but this covenant is further amplified to David. That's right. Okay. The Bible says, uh, Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. The Messiah would be from the Davidic line, through Eve, through Abraham, now through Judah, through David. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's Psalm 89, verses 3 through 4. We still see that promise of thy seed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Under all of these various administrations of the covenant, the terms of the covenant was one thing, faith in Christ, mm-hmm. the, the seed, the, the promise that goes all the way back to Genesis 3. The son of David, right? the son of man. Mm-hmm. This is why when we see in Luke that he lays out his genealogy going all the way back to Adam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is why the Judaizers were making such a terrible mistake saying that Gentiles needed to become Jews 
in order to be saved. Right. Salvation was always for the world, not for just the Jews. Right. Because that know. was revealed in Abraham. Yeah, the Abraham uh, began the um, the Jewish administration of the covenant, mm-hmm. but Abraham believed in God and was saved before he was ever circumcised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of years before. And there were plenty of people who were saved long before Abraham, mm-hmm. and certainly long before Moses. It was always by grace through faith. It was always the promise in the coming Messiah. Mm-hmm. It was always this, and it was always accepted through faith. But there were certain administrations, certain administrative elements, certain sacramental elements, certain ceremonial elements that, that did change throughout time. Mm-hmm. All right? mm-hmm. So it, 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 it changed, it blossomed, it it was embellished in Abraham, then Moses, then David. We learn more revelation with each one. Right. But at all points, it was always to their generations and the generations after them. Right, right. To a thousand generations, mm-hmm. to your seed. It was always um, pictured as this covenantal succession. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. God's mercy is on all who fear him from generation to generation, says Mary in Luke 1, verse 50. Mm-hmm. Now, as we get to the New Testament, um, we read of the stories of Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and John the Baptist. Okay. Now, they're still in old covenant times. Mm-hmm. You know, the blood of Christ has not been yet shed. Right. The temple right. has not yet been destroyed. But these old uh, covenant saints, though we are, find out about them in the New Testament scriptures, mm-hmm. they understood what was promised with the coming of Jesus. It would be the coming of the offspring of the woman, the offspring of Abraham, the son of David, that Messiah that was mentioned in all those promises where it was always said to thy children after you, right? Just as he said to Abraham, I will be your God and God to your children after you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's why Mary says God's mercy is on all who fear him from generation to generation. You see her worldview there. Right. She believes in covenantal succession. Right. She believes in a coming fulfillment of these covenantal promises all the way through down the Messiah, the yep. all the way through. Zechariah, he's the father of John the Baptist, mm-hmm. he summed it up really well. Okay, this is in, um, uh, actually, I don't have the verse written down, I just have the text, so maybe you can find a, a reference for us, <laughs> but I'll read it for us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of of his servant David, as he spoke through his holy prophets, those of ages past. All right, so Zechariah is saying all throughout the Old Testament, all those holy prophets foretold of the servant the uh, coming, the house from the house of David, that he would be a horn of salvation raised up for us to to visit us and to redeem us. All right. That's Luke one sixty eight, by the way. Luke one sixty eight. Thank you. Salvation from our enemies, says Zechariah, and from the hand of all who hate us, Mm -hmm. to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. You see, Zechariah understands that the coming of the Messiah, Mm -hmm. this is John the Baptist's dad, right? Right. The coming of the Messiah is in remembrance of his holy covenant. Mm -hmm. It's the covenant. Right. It's the one he remembered when he freed Israel. The one he swore it, to Abraham. It's the one he swore to Abraham. It's the one that he made to Adam and Eve, to his people from, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. centuries past or millennium past. Mm-hmm. Then Zechariah goes on to restate um, this. He says it was called the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. Mm. See, we, we know that the oath sworn to Abraham, that covenant with Abraham, is the very one that Christ comes to fulfill. Mm-hmm. We also know, and we've pointed this out in earlier podcasts, that it was always to Abraham 
and his children after him. Right. The same exact covenantal formula, that phrase, mm-hmm. is repeated to Israel hundreds of times. It's repeated in all the prophets. Mm-hmm. It's repeated by Mary. It's repeated by Zechariah. Mm-hmm. It's repeated all over to David, to everyone. Right. Right. Now, the Jews did stumble over the fact that all along it wasn't just for Jews in Abraham. Mm-hmm. They stumbled over that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, th- this is one of the most, uh, the biggest offenses in Jesus's ministry is that he keeps telling stories about Gentile salvations. Right. Instead of, yeah, yeah. You remember, remember he mm-hmm. gets almost mm-hmm. thrown off a cliff because he right. mentions that the Holy Spirit and sent the prophet Elijah to visit the widow, right. Uh, right. a Gentile widow. You know, this is, comes up all throughout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he, of course, at the end says, go um, to the nations, to the Gentile nations, mm-hmm. and make disciples of them. Right. All right. So, right. And that's the whole controversy throughout the New Testament with the Judaizers saying that everyone needs to become a Jew, get circumcised, follow the Mosaic laws, ceremonial codes, and whatnot. Right. That's the whole controversy. The Jews stumble over the fact that salvation wasn't just for the Jews. Right. That's why Paul points out that it, it has always been that a blessing would come through Abraham to all the nations, because it's always been about Adam and Eve. It's that's, always been about humanity. That's the original promise. That's right. It's always been about the, the world being saved, right. not just one nation. Right. Although right. one nation was set apart as a sort of a seed to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Right. Yep. He promised certain. He promised this covenant to his children Israel. But way before Abraham, those promises were there, mm-hmm. given to Adam and Eve, that if you repent and believe, you will be saved. Right. And of course, you're believing in the faithfulness and the ministry and the work of the coming Messiah. They believed he would come. We believe he has come. Right. But this is all part of one covenant. As Zechariah said, it's this holy covenant that he remembered when he sent Jesus, mm-hmm. the same one he swore to our father Abraham. Mm-hmm. And at every single mention of that covenant, in the entire Old Testament, it always says it's for the children as well. Right, right. Now, now, some might point out that in Jeremiah 31, it seems to indicate that when the new covenant would come, the ultimate blossoming, I would say, mm-hmm. of the covenant, that it's, it means that all the promises are for salvation for everyone in it, that everyone in the new covenant is saved. Okay. And so, therefore, it doesn't go to children. You see, that's the, how the deduction comes. That's the Baptistic deduction. Okay, say that again. Okay. So, the Baptist deduction is, you read in Jeremiah 31, and some of the promises that are mentioned in the, the explanation of what it would look like when it fully blossomed okay. are that they would get a new heart, okay, and they would all know me to the, from the least of them to the greatest of them. Okay. And therefore, the promise of the new covenant is salvation for everyone in it. Everyone in the new, the new covenant. covenant. Okay. Therefore, the new covenant does not go down to our children. I see. Okay, because, okay. of course, not every child of every Christian on the planet has, is saved. Right. Okay. I got it. But the problem is when Jeremiah mentions those things in Jeremiah 31, right over in Jeremiah 32, verse 39, he promises them to the children and to the children's children. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every time he, they mention these salvific promises of the new covenant... It says it's for the children too. Right. I think that's a big problem for the Baptist position. You see, what Jeremiah is saying when God promises a new heart and pouring out of the Spirit, and the, he's, he's not saying that every single one that is in the covenant will be saved right. and elect. Right. It's a matter of degrees. Mm-hmm. That expression, 
to the least of them, to the greatest of them. They shall all know me. That expression never means every single individual. Okay. It's used multiple times in Jeremiah. Okay. It's always referring to degrees, and we'll do a podcast on that later. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yep. And of course, the promise is that you will receive a new heart. Amen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to believe it in faith. Right, right. So it's not saying this is absolutely going to happen. Yeah, there's a hermeneutic principle being applied it, it's, here. It's always been a conditional covenant. The terms of the covenant has always been faith in the Messiah. Right. So God can give you the promise like a scroll, and it's all written down in there, and he's sealed it with his seal, which is baptism. But you have to, in faith, open it up and receive it. Right. right? Yeah, I got so it. the new covenant does promise a new heart, but it's not saying that absolutely everyone who receives that promise will take it. Right, 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 right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is clear, no matter how you want to... to um, understand those words, that it says the same thing again for you and for your children. Mm -hmm. It's a covenantal formula Mm -hmm. that's always mentioned Mm -hmm. when this um, eternal covenant is mentioned, and it's mentioned from Adam to Jesus. Right. All right? Right. That's why we're always being pointed back to Jesus as the second Adam, and his lineage goes back to Adam. Amen. All right? So it's all one covenant. Terms are, have always been faith in the Messiah, right? And the promises have always been promised to the children and to the children's it's children. It's all the same story from beginning to end to a thousand generations. That's right. So when the new covenant comes, it's not a brand spanking new covenant. It's as not if like the everything old... else just went away. No, right. you see, this is what um, I think many people um, believe that is um, unfortunate. They believe with each new covenant, mm-hmm. the old one is canceled out. Right. Like God's like just you know, making rough drafts. Right. And crumbles it up and tosses it in the can. Well, this one doesn't work anymore. We gotta start over. No, it's It's not that. No, it's always been a part of the eternal covenant. Mm -hmm. It's just more revelation is given, Mm -hmm. further blossoming. Mm -hmm. They build on each other. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so clear because when he establishes it with Moses, he says, I remember my covenant with Abraham. When he he's he repeats it to the Israelites when they return from exile and through the prophets, he always says because my covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this is why there's blood sprinkled on them in the Mosaic covenant because the animal had to be slaughtered with Adam and Eve. Right. And it, and Abel um, practiced that particular covenantal right. It's it's always been this way. Right. All right. Right. It's just what's new about the new covenant is that the Messiah comes and renews it with even better promises. Right. More Holy Spirit being poured out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Et cetera. Et cetera. Better priests, better sacrifices. We don't have to go to Jerusalem in a in an earthly temple. We can we can enter into His holy of holies anywhere through prayer. Right. It's just a better covenant. It's the it's the ultimate expression of what was always in the mind of God. Right. That word "new" gets us thrown off a little bit. It's renewed. Mm-hmm. It's renewed. It's it, he, Jesus is coming to renew the covenant mm-hmm. and to establish it on firmer, firmer, um, uh, uh, better blood. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when Moses builds the temple, he is told to build it off the blueprints that he receives from the heavenly temple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, the new covenant is actually not new. It's it's always been around. It's It's older than the old. Right. It's just that the older covenants were tutors that to get us to this place. Right. They were they were children. They weren't ready for the full blossoming of the new covenant just yet. Right. God right. Uh, unfolded his gracious promises slowly over the generations for his wise purposes. Amen. Right? But it's all the same, and it's always been to the children. Um, Simeon 
Simeon as well, in his prophetic song in Luke chapter 2, he says this, he says, Thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. You see, the promises of the new covenant were the ones that God had been preparing for all times. Mm. Right? It's always mm-hmm. been that same way. Luke didn't stumble over this problem either. Luke connects Jesus all the way back to Adam through Abraham. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Peter missed this point either, okay? He said, the promise is for you and for your children. Right. That's just shorthand for the covenant. Right. He's going back. He's saying the same thing that they've always said from the very beginning. That's right. It's an eternal promise. It's shorthand for those covenantal promises. Mm-hmm. The covenantal promise that God made um, to Adam and Eve, to Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Acts 2.39, for you and for your Children, it's right. a restatement of Genesis seventeen seven between me and thee and thy seed after thee. Oh, you got all of these in there. Hmm. A little King James action, a little fancy going on there. Right. So now let's let's put ourselves in the in the shoes of Peter's audience. Okay. A little historical, grammatical, grammatical. Right. Okay. We're doing historical. Okay. Right. What would they have thought when he said? Repent and be baptized. No brain. For the forgiveness of sins. They'd have been like, oh yeah, the... For mm-hmm. the promises for you and your children. They know. They know exactly what he's talking about. What promise? Well, the same promise we've been talking about. Exactly. For generations. Exactly. The, the debate in the New Testament is, wait, you're saying it's for the Gentiles too? Mm-hmm. That's why Peter says, and for all those who are far off, that is those who have been cut off, right. it's now for them as well. Mm. So he's bringing them in. That's what those moments are for. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and just we'll cover this in another podcast, but what does he say? He says, repent and be baptized, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and is the English word and. It's kai in Greek. Mm-hmm. It's and. It just means and. It's like, go to the store and buy some pickles, okay? <laughs> or go to the store and buy pickles and bread and carrots and pay at the register, and return home. Mm-hmm. There is no cause there. It, it's, there's no uh, genitive case. Mm-hmm. There's no complex interpretation. Mm-hmm. He's just saying to the crowds, they asked him, what should we do after being convicted in their heart from the preaching of the gospel? Mm-hmm. He says, you should repent and be baptized. It's not repent and then. Well, it's repent, you should repent, and another thing you should do is be baptized. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're all adults there. They're heads of households. They're adults. And right. you know, as an adult, you have to repent and give evidence of repentance to receive the seal and the sign of the covenant and mm-hmm. be baptized. Mm-hmm. But what Baptists will say of that is they will say, you see right there, you have to repent before you are baptized. Right. Repent and be baptized because you repented. Mm-hmm. doesn't say that, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that. The only because in the whole sentence is the beginning of verse 39, for... Mm-hmm. The promises are for you and your children. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the Greek word gar, and that's a causative conjunction. Mm-hmm. So you have just a plain old conjunction, right. like dogs and cats, <laughs> right? That's and. Yeah. But you have a causative conjunction, and that's um, uh, you know something like um, you got an A because you studied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're mixing that up. The right. only because is starting verse 39, because you, the promise is for you and for your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why should we, Peter, repent 
and then receive the sign and the seal of the new covenant promises of God, well, because the promise is for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if the promise is for me, even though my nation just killed the Messiah, right? then I repent. And I'll take the sign. I'll be a part of the church, this new assembly of Christ, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, mm-hmm. united with Gentiles. And in this new sign, we don't need a circumcision sign anymore. The blood sacrifice has been made. We don't need a bloody sign anymore. Mm-hmm. The blood has been shed. Mm-hmm. We need a sign of the pouring out of the Spirit, the forgiveness of sins, mm-hmm. right? You can be forgiven of your sins. Wow, that's for me? Yeah, so repent and then receive the sacramental sign of that. Mm-hmm. Well, what about my children? Well, the promises are for them too. Right, right. For right. you and for your children. That's right. So anyway, I think the listeners would have most certainly understood what he meant. Right. right. Listen to what the audience was raised with their whole childhood. It's from Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. Mm-hmm. You see, this is a part of their worldview. Right, right. They don't have the New Testament. It's, it's foolish. They don't think individualistic. No. And it's foolish to take New Testament um, constructs and then to bring them back and to put them into the minds of these audience members. They're just there with their Old Testament Bibles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? To interpret Peter's sermon in light of the New Testament scriptures, which didn't even exist yet, that's a mistake. That's grammatical, but not historical. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Are we to believe, were they to believe, that we have a new covenant? The Messiah has come. Repent and be baptized, for the promises are for you. But hey, but they're not for your kids. You see, in the Jewish mind, what would they have thought? That would have been really weird. (laughs) They'd have thought, yeah, how is that better? Yeah. How could that be better? Right. How could they even be saved if they don't have any promises? Right, right. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've just got this whole argument backwards. We think it's a sign of our own personal faith. Right. That it's a testimony to God that we, we've decided to follow Jesus. Right. It's not what it is. It's not a sign of faith. It's a sign of the righteousness of God, which comes through faith. Right. In other words, it's a sign of the gospel. Right. It's a sign of the promise that's yours. You know what your promise is? That the Holy Spirit will come and, and bathe you with his grace and forgive you and cleanse you of all your sins. Wow, that's a promise for me? And it's a problem for all my kids? Well, we want that. We want that promise. Right. Well, is right. God, Is God? do I know that God will do it and fulfill this promise? Yeah, he gives you his pledge, his seal, it's baptism. Well, I want that. I want that. Amen. See, it has nothing to do with being a sign of someone's internal faith. Right. That's individualistic. Right. That's um, flowing from a completely different understanding of the covenant. Right. All right? So it also says the promise, the covenant is for you and you. For your children, mm-hmm. present tense, right? It doesn't say that it's for you now, and it could potentially be for your children in the future mm-hmm. if they repent. Mm-hmm. The promise is the kids. Right. And to their children after them. I mean, the promise is already theirs. It has covenantal succession through their lineage. Right. Those kids, of course, have to believe that promise. They have to open up that, that seal at some point in their life. Right. But the promise is theirs regardless of when they happen to open it up. Mm. Right. And it's also, of course, we see for the Gentiles as well. All those who are far off, all who are once far from the covenantal promises, everyone the Lord calls to himself. So we're not limiting God's kingdom purposes to one nation. Right. His throne is going to be over the earth. Right. And if anyone in the whole world hears those promises and believes, they will be saved because the promises are for the Gentiles now. And you know what? If they believe that and they 
are joined into the church and Jesus brings them into their fold, he has a promise for their children as well. Right. They're like Abraham. They receive the promise and the promise goes to their children as well. They're brought in, they're grafted in. See what I mean? Anyone Mm -hmm. God calls will believe and the promises will be for them too. Mm -hmm. Just like Abraham and their children to a thousand generations. Amen. Right. So um, could you imagine if Peter would have said, the promise doesn't extend to your children this time? Thousands of years. <laughs> but now this is not yeah. how it works. Yeah, not this way anymore. When they're they, born, they're born not with promises. They're born like Gentiles were born. Right. Outside of the covenant promises. Mm. They're born as outsiders. They're born as diapers, vipers and diapers, <laughs> pagans. <laughs> Little pagans. People would have lost it. There, right. uh, there would at least been someone in the back raise their hand and say, oh, excuse me, sir, uh, what? Could, you please, could you please expound on this? Right. Because this is a total discombobulation of our entire right. worldview. Right. Right. But there's not a single debate or even question about this in the entire New Testament mm-hmm. because it wasn't a debate. Right. It's a debate now. It's eisegesis. It's us putting things in the text that aren't there. That's right. That's Got right. <clears throat> Amen. Well, um, Peter also told his hearers on that day in Acts chapter 3, verse 25, he said, You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Same connection. Old covenant, go into the new covenant people. Mm-hmm. See the continuity there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stephen mentions the same promise. Right, Acts seven seventeen, he connects his promises to the promises of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Stephen believed he believed in the promises made to Abraham. You see what I mean? Yep. That's why Peter says it's to you and to your children because that's exactly what it said in the Abrahamic covenant. Mm-hmm. Paul says the same thing in Acts thirteen twenty three. This is why Jesus, when he said to Zacchaeus, "Salvation has come to this individual's heart today." Mm-hmm. No, salvation has come to this house today. Exactly. This is why when everyone is baptized in the New Testament, their household is also baptized, right. baptized because it's a sign of the promise. Right. It's right there. That's right. The lights are coming on for people. <laughs> Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. That's there all over the place. It's there. It's there. All right. That's enough for this one today. Hope it's been a blessing for everyone. Absolutely. Guys, thanks so much for joining us for another episode in our series of podcasts on infant baptism. You can find these and other resources anywhere that you find podcasts. You can also go to wearechristchurch.com, and you can go to sermonaudio.com, search the keyword, We Are Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you.